Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Playbook Project. And I am your host, Tracy Brown. I am the startup strategist the founder of the Girlfriend Experience, and yes, the voice of Behind Your Dollar. And I welcome you to the playbook tonight. If you joined us last week, then you understand that we laid the foundation by telling you the importance of prayer. We learned that prayer was the access code to heaven. We learned that prayer was kingdom, and it was about foundational and revelational. But tonight, we have the second play in the playbook, and it's about being in the right position. And none other than Prophetess Alandis Porter, the, the teacher, the author, the radio personality, the ordained minister, and she just loves God. And you, you know when you have someone that loves God, then you're about to surely get a word. But I invite each of you to Join her on Facebook at the Kingdom Advanced Global Ministries. Just go there and click like. So I would like to introduce to some and all of the rest of you that know her, know that we are in for a treat. So once again, here's Prophetess Alandis Porter. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. I am totally excited and thrilled to be part of the Playbook Project. Like she said, I am Prophetess Alandis Porter, and I'm I'm just over-the-top excited about this. Um, I feel honored and definitely privileged that Tracy even asked for me to be a part of this project. I uh, really sought the Lord about it really wanted to give you some really good information. So strap on your seatbelt, get your notebooks, and get ready because we're going to just dive right in because I want to make sure I cover all that I need to cover for you so you can have some good questions and you can have some good material. So last week, like she said, we talked about setting a foundation, which the foundation always has to be prayer. Because without prayer, you're going nowhere, basically. That's just the truth. Um, And just as prayer is your foundation, God can give you wisdom. He can give you what to do, how to do, when to do, give you the people you need to do it with. So there are so many elements to that. But tonight, we're going to do another power play called position. And we're going to talk about your position in business, in ministry, and with your money. So this is going to get quite interesting. So I'm going to give you a foundation scripture first, which is found in Ecclesiastes, and it's actually verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read them all. You can read them all in your own time, but I want to read the first verse we're going to discuss. And it says this, to everything there is a season, 
a time to every purpose under heaven. So in saying that, I want everyone to know, and you can write this down if you need to, that every season has a purpose and every purpose has a season. So everything in your life has a time frame for it to happen and a season for it to happen or not to happen. So we're going to wait on both of those, and they all have to do with your position. So remember that particular uh, point when finding your position. So let's define position. It's a place where someone or something is located or has been put. I'll say it again. Position defined is a place where someone or something is located or has been put. Now, the biggest question of all, because I've been teaching a long time, usually I get this question all the time. Well, how do I find out what my position is? How do I find out what my purpose is? Lost. I just don't know. And some of you may know. But for those of you who don't, in that searching mode, it's not funny, not pretty. You're hunting. You want to know, can I get a prophetic word? Can somebody teach me? Can somebody tell me? And I have a statement that I put on my Facebook page periodically that says, seek God on purpose and find yours. First of all, when you seek God, uh, that's a perfect place to start because he's the creator. He created you. He designed you. He knows how you're built. He knows how you're made. He knows what you like. He knows what you don't like. And he knows everything else. So he houses everything that you need to know about getting in position. So how do I find my position in ministry? I'm going to seek God because he is the designer. He is the creator. He is the person that created you to be who you are. I also encourage you that not just praying, but stay in your word. Read the Bible because God is his word and his word is him. And as you read the Bible, the Bible reads you. So as you do that, you will be able to see and know the places that God wants to take you. I also am a firm believer in education. So as I talk, I'm going to also give you some reference books so that you'll know what I study to become who I am as well, as well as many others that I know. Um, Here's a reference book that you can also read if you're trying to find your place in ministry. It's called Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits, and it's by Kenneth E. Hagan. I'll repeat that. And I'll repeat it at the end, too, so you'll know what all the references are. It's called Planned Purposes and Pursuits, and it's by Kenneth E. Hagan. Another one is by Dr. Miles Monroe called In Pursuit of Purpose. And both of these books will help you to find where you need to be. We're going to talk about plenty of elements that will help you with that as well. But those are two key books that will get you well on your way and help you to understand where God has you. If you are trying to find your purpose in business, these are two good points to gauge. What are you good at? What gifts has God given you? This could have been something that you were birthed with. It could have been something you went to school for. 
But what are you passionate about? What are those things? Now, some of us find this out early in life and some later on in that life. And this happens to some people even after they've worked a job for years. They find out they're not happy in it. Um, They're feeling voids all on the inside because they're really not satisfied with where they are. And they begin to search. And you'll find that a lot of times statistics actually show that most people that are over 50, that is when they start their businesses on their own. So they've lived a half a century. So they've lived half their life dissatisfied with what they do, and then they live the other half happy in what they do. And a lot of them don't even get paid as much as they would at the job that they were working, but they're happy doing what they do because they're passionate about it. And it's probably where they should have been all the time, but they're just finding out that this is the position that they should have been in. Something that we have to keep in mind when we're searching for our position as well is positioning is a process. You may not get where you want to be overnight. It may not be the first job you get. It may not be your first ministry assignment. And definitely when it comes to your money, you're going to be broke before you are rich unless you were born that way. So, we want to keep in mind that it's going to take a process, and it means you're going to go from one thing to the other to the other to the other, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. When it comes to your money, if you are trying to find your position, I believe firmly in tithing and giving. So if we tithe, that means I'm giving 10% of my earnings to the Lord. And even I found that there are many wealthy people who follow this same principle, whether they are Christians or not. They give 10% to a charity, 10% to something. And the law works no matter what because the Bible tells us give and you will receive. And I like the way this scripture was put in the God's Word translation. It's found in St. Luke 6 and 38. I'm going to read it. It says, give and you will receive a large quantity pressed together, shaken down, and running over will be put into your pocket. The standards you use for others will be applied to you. So God wants us to give, and he also wants us to tithe. Because he said he has a storehouse that he's waiting to pour us our blessings that we won't have room enough to receive. And then he also says he will rebuke the devourer for our sake. So that means he won't allow the enemy to eat up your finances if you follow his law, if you do what God requires of you. So that's what we want to do. And also, if I am trying to position myself to be better with my finances, you want to educate yourself about money. Go to the library. Read. It was a very powerful book that I read several years ago. As a matter of fact, 
the author is now deceased. But this is one of the most powerful books other than probably the Bible that I've read that uh, really taught me a lot about money. And, and it's, it's spiritually based, but it's powerful. And the name of the book is called The Basics of Abundance. And the author's name is John Anvenzini. And this is really, really, really a good book. A new book that is really powerful, and this is really a, a really great entrepreneur, loving. Um, the name of the book is called The Power of Broke, and it's by Damon John. And if those of you who may not know who Damon John is, he is the creator of FUBU, and he's one of the sharks on Shark Tank. So he's really uh, promoting the book right now. As a matter of fact, he's doing a lot of things with it. But he has some great, great um, tools in there just to really get you in the mindset of really taking care of your finances. And we want to do that. There are four elements that we're going to go into to help us in positioning ourselves in business ministry and with our money. And I'm going to give you all of them at the same time, then we're going to break them down. The four elements to keep you in right position, number one, posture. Number two, development. Number three, responsibility. And number four, accountability. So let's go through these. These are the four elements to keep us in right position. Posture has to do with your stance, your poise, your attitude, how you handle things. And that would be very important in your positioning. I want to ask you two questions. What are your surroundings? Who is your tribe? What are you surrounding yourself with? Are you around negative people who don't believe in your vision, who don't believe that you're called to ministry, who are have a poverty mentality, and they think they'll be broke for the rest of their lives and can't work themselves out of it, they can't dream themselves out of it, they can't do anything to get out of where they are. So in positioning ourselves, we have to know what's surrounding us. And don't get me wrong, you can be the product of two drug addict parents. You could be the product of uh, the worst people in the world or the best people in the world and still make good or bad decisions when it comes to positioning. But it is very important that you know who surrounds you, what is your support system. And it's very important to have one, even if it's just one person. It could be a a girlfriend or a guy friend or, you know, uh, your mom. It could be your siblings. It could be coworkers, anyone in your life that can support you in doing what you are positioning yourself to do. So you want to posture.
answer yourself correctly. And then you want to also watch your attitude, watch your speech. How am I hindering my own self? Sometimes we can talk our own selves out of our own blessings and out of our own ambitions. You know, thinking about, well, I'd like to try this, but I'm scared. I'd like to try this, but I don't have the money. I'd like to try this, but I don't have nobody who I could trust to help me. We could all think of excuses of why we can't do something. But there's one statement that I heard from, um, I do believe she was going to be an astronaut. Her name is Vivian. And she made a statement one day that shook my world and changed my whole uh, mindset about doing anything in life. And she said, opportunities come, but other people take advantage of them. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, because it is my prayer all the time. Lord, present opportunity. And as you present opportunity, I'll take that opportunity and give you glory with it. So we have to look for the opportunities. Things may not always come the way that we want them to, but they will come. So don't let someone else take advantage of even you getting in position. Don't let them take your position. Don't let them try to replace you or get in position because you're out of position, and we're going to cover that in a minute. The number two, development. This is where you learn and grow. You want to position yourself to be able to do whatever it is that you want to do. If I want to get in a better position in ministry, then I have to be willing to put my pride down, first of all, because you're not going to go from the congregation seat to the pulpit overnight, if that's what God has called you to, and be comfortable with knowing that everyone is not called to pulpit ministry, not everybody. He said there will be some apostles, some prophets, some pastors, some teachers, some evangelists, and some in the ministry of help. Know this, all of us are valuable in the body of Christ, all of us. If I cut my hand off, it's going to affect my whole body. My head will not turn without my neck. If I go blind, that means it's going to affect everything that I do. So know that everyone is valuable. If you are an usher at the door or, or if you stand behind the sacred desk and preach and teach the gospel, you are just as important both ways. Because when somebody walks in the door of the church, they may have never been touched all week, and just a hug might save their life. So know that you are valuable. So in the development stage, this is where you're learning things. This is where you're studying. This is where you're training because you're growing. You're learning all about, you're learning all about ministry. You know, you might go, you might start in a prayer meeting and go from that to being uh, 
going out winning souls. You may go from that to maybe being an altar worker and and so on and so on. In business, you may end up becoming an intern for someone and being paid absolutely nothing. You may do it for free, but it's your passion. And the skill set that you learn will be worth it. And with your money, you just have to begin sowing and giving and tithing and being a good steward over what God is giving you, which leads to the next thing, and that's responsibility. What have you been trusted with? What has God allowed to be put in your path that you have been trusted to do or trusted to handle or trusted to carry out? Did you finish it? Did you complain all the way while you were doing it? Or did you give someone a hard time every step of the way? It was like pulling teeth. And with your finances, are you a person who just spends without thought? You are taking no responsibility whatsoever for the money that you have. So let's talk about that for a minute. If I am going to be responsible in ministry, that means I am standing before God and letting him know, Lord, you can trust me. You can trust me to do the right thing. You can trust me to be the pastor of a million-dollar church and not steal the finances for my own life. You can trust me to preach the gospel and not prostitute it. You can trust me to study so that I don't embarrass you before God's people. So that's a very heavy responsibility. If I'm going to be responsible in business, I've got to be able to Take every step because the first five years for you in business is your making. You've got to be able to find a group of people that you can trust to be able to carry out areas of your business. You've got to have a CEO, a CFO, an accountant. You need administrators. You need a board of directors. And before you do any of that, you need a vision. And I encourage you, if you are just starting out and you are just starting a business, please write the vision first. You need a business plan. You need a vision. And whatever you do, give that vision back to the Lord, and I promise he will bless you. He will give you the people, places, and the money that you need to make it happen. But that is all about positioning as well. But you've got to take responsibility with what he gives you. You've got to prove that, hey, I can handle this. I'll stay up at night after I get off at work 
to work my business. I'll stay up at night and I'll go look at houses. I'll go to real estate seminars because I want to learn how to flip houses. I want to learn how to buy real estate. I'll stay up because I've got an online business and I'm just getting it off the ground, so I will stay up and watch videos and go to webinars outside of my job so I can learn my trade, so I can work in excellence and I can be the best in my field. So, yes, it's going to take sacrifice along with responsibility. Number four, accountability. This is a big one. Who do you answer to? Who do you give the authority in your life to hold you accountable, to say, hey, Maybe maybe it's something that you're trying to get together. Say I'm just starting out in ministry, and so I won't get the big head, and I won't think that I'm T.D. Jakes and I've just been preaching five minutes. Um, I have a best friend that will kick me hard and say, hey, you ain't all that. Really? you just been preaching two minutes. You might need to go sit down with your Bible and study. Did you pray today? Did you go to Bible class? Did you study? It's a good thing to be accountable to someone. It's a good thing to be accountable to yourself so that it will keep you on track in your position. So you want to be accountable. Find an accountability partner. It could be a best friend. It could be your spouse. It could be a coworker. It could be someone in your church. It could be someone, a peer that's in ministry with you. Just to hold yourself to an answer. And you're definitely going to be accountable to God because he's going to hold you to that thing. In business, have someone that's around you if you don't have a business partner. You can get someone from your board or get someone who works closely with you, who knows the ins and outs of what you should be doing, and let them share with you, hey, this is what you need to come up in. Or did you take care of this business meeting today? Did you call so-and-such? Having an assistant is key. Did you miss that meeting that I told you about? Did you work on the bylaws? There's just so many things that will help you to stay on course, being accountable. And being accountable with your money. This is a standard that I think all of us definitely should hold ourselves accountable in, definitely. And and if you're if you have joint accounts, maybe with your spouse, or it could be with a parent or a sibling, something like that, if you have that kind of accountability, stay on top of it. Never let someone else manage your money better than you. Know what you got in the bank. Know what you need. Know what bills you have. You should know this because this, keeps you accountable. 
Because like I said, if we want God to bless us and allow us to be for our money, we've got to be good stewards over what he gives us. And if I'm going on a shopping spree every weekend and I have no idea how much money I got left, and then I wonder why my account is overdrawn. And I got non-sufficient funds everywhere going all over town. That's speaking two things. I'm not responsible and I'm not accountable. And I definitely have because you are now not only not accountable to yourself, you're not being accountable to those around you. Think about your children, your siblings, those in ministry with you who are watching your life. When we remain accountable, we allow ourselves to be a testimony to their lives. There's a key point that I want to bring out, and this is very important. I went to a wealth seminar uh, the end of last year, and uh, it was with Dr. Paula Price. And she said two key things, and when she said them, I knew them, but to hear it out loud really kind of rang a bell, and it was a light bulb moment when I really, really thought about it. These are two key points that you really need to keep in mind to separate the two. Ministry and business are two different things for sure. You're in ministry to win souls. You're in business to make money. Now, there are people who mix up the two. Some people think they're in ministry to make money, but you're in ministry to win souls. When you're in ministry to make money, you now become a pimp and you're prostituting the gospel. So you don't get in ministry to make money. You get in ministry to win souls to Christ. And we are in business to make money. And business is all about the money. And you cannot take a business mentality into ministry. Yes, you can run a ministry like a business because the Bible does tell us in business be men. So even when we're running our church, we have to be, have that in order. And we have to be business-minded in it, yes, but we don't do it to make money. So we want to make sure we have the right mindset. Because if we get in it for the wrong reason, what will end up happening is we're no longer concerned about the souls being won. We're we're worried about us being able to drive a Mercedes and look good to our counterparts and our peers in ministry rather than really build the kingdom of God. So we want to make sure that we have the right mindset when it comes to that. And the last statement, because we want to take some questions, so I don't want to take up all of the time. There's a statement that I want to leave with you, and then I'm going to give a small portion of my testimony about how I got positioned to where I am now. Here's a statement, and it's a powerful statement. Every decision you make, you are writing your own future. Every decision you don't make, 
you are leaving your future in everyone else's hands. And that statement was made by Pharrell Williams. I thought it was pretty powerful, and I'll say it again because I know some of you are trying to write it down. Okay, repeat that. Every decision that you make, you are writing your own future. And every decision you don't make, you are leaving your future in everyone else's hands. And I I believe the same thing about ministry, about business, and about your money. If I allow my dreams and my visions to be built by someone else, either you can build your own or you'll help someone else to build theirs for the rest of your life. And don't get me wrong, everybody does not want to be in business for themselves. Everybody doesn't want it. They don't want that kind of responsibility. But those of you who do, you want to make sure those four elements are in order. I'll repeat them again. Number one, posture. Number two, development. Number three, responsibility. And number four, accountability. I pray that all of these elements to get yourself in position in business, ministry, and with your money, I pray that these points have helped you. And I just want to share a little bit of my testimony of how I got positioned to where I am today. Um, When I was a little girl and I had never really thought about things the way that they are right now, um, then, but now as I live my life, I can really see where God led me every step of the way. When I was seven, I went inside my Baptist church and sat in the back. The preacher was preaching, and I thought he was boring. I was seven, and I thought he was boring. So imagine if I was young. And I said to the Lord, I said, there's got to be more to you than this. And that was when my pursuit began. I started going to Baptist Training Union, which they called BTU. Every time we, and, and what we would do, we would race to find scripture. I would win every time, all the time. I went through Christian charm classes to learn how to be a lady. I mean, I just the search just began. And I went from seven doing whatever I wanted to do, and I felt like I was meaningless. I was more of what my mother didn't know. She didn't know that I cursed like a sailor and everything, and most people don't. They would be like, not you. Okay, when you out from under the blood and you ain't saved, okay, there's a lot that could go on you would be a totally different person than you are. But not until I got 12, my pursuit of really pursuing a relationship with God and really inviting him into my heart. My cousin was coming up from Champagne, and I thought he was so cute and really had a crush on him, even though it was my cousin. So it took ended up this holiness church was right down the street from my house. And the funny story about that is this church used to be a jewel store. And the jewel store, I used to go in this jewel store every day and steal. I was a thief too. I'm being real transparent right now. I used to go in this store, bring my own brown paper bag and steal every day, every day that I could. 
until my mother caught me, and I never stole again. But what's remarkable about that is the 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 store now is a church called Miracle Revival Center. I got saved at that church that I used to steal from at the store. So it was very instrumental in my life. But even further than that, going back to when I was a little girl, something key happened in my life that I didn't even realize until not long ago when I really thought about it, when I began to write my book, A Trophy of His Grace. I remembered when I got ready to do the dedication, I said, well, who can I dedicate this book to? And when I thought that, God brought back to my memory my grandfather. My grandfather used to sit me up on his lap every evening and read the Bible to me. I didn't realize at the time that it was one of the most powerful impartations I would ever receive in my life. And it has brought me to where I am now. Those of you who know me know I love the God and love the word of God more than anything else in life. Love it. I could talk about the Bible for hours. And it was implanted in me as a child sitting on my grandfather's lap. Didn't even realize it. Didn't even know where the love for the word came from. Because right after I got saved, I, I went into Bible classes where um, our teachers would tell us to memorize scripture. I had no problem with that. So she said, well, memorize, um, you know, some scriptures in the 27th Psalm. I went home and memorized the whole chapter because I was like, okay, I'm excited. I really want to know. Let's Let's really go for it. So this is what really has brought me to that, and I took various steps. I went to that church till I was 26. I was an altar worker when I was 17. I seen demons cast out, people healed, people raised from the dead. I went door-to-door ministry. I went to the prison every weekend, and I was only 17. And when I was in high school, we were praying and leading people to the Lord in our study room. We had study hall. We would lead people to the Lord. Wasn't shame about none of it. Stand on the street praying for people. Didn't care. So when I got 26, God led me to a different ministry. And not long after that, I'd say probably about three or four years later, God called me into ministry. But he had showed me that I would be called to ministry when I was 17. But I told him I didn't want to go. Because virtually, outside of talking about the word, a lot of times I'm quiet. And I was quiet for a long time until, I don't know, I don't know, something turned on on the inside and I just started talking. (laughs) And and it's, it's hard to turn it off sometimes, but I know when to be quiet, thank the Lord. But um. After the Lord called me to to ministry, it was different steps. Like I said, your positioning is also a process. So first, I continued to work the altar where I was leading souls to Christ and praying for people and services. I began to teach Sunday school. I became an orientation teacher for new members. I also became a missionary. So I began to teach after a while. And then 
After that, I became a minister or a licensed minister. And from there, I became an ordained elder. And from there, I became an ordained prophet. So it's been a process, and all of those things, years were in between them. It wasn't like I became one and then became another, then became another, then overnight. And during that process, it took lots of study. It took lots of experience. It took lots of, of, of testing. Lost a lot of friends. Sacrificed many things that I could have been doing. Uh, got married and divorced in between. We we won't even go into that testimony because that's a whole other uh, teaching right there. Um, but there's a lot that I experienced in in that time frame. But God brought me through it now. He brought me to this right here. And you've got to have an appreciation for your position. And two traits that I want to bring out to those who are yet searching for your position, whether it be in the kingdom, whether it be in business, or whether it be with your money, not being in the right position will cause frustration in your life. You will be very uncomfortable and dissatisfied. So if you are in ministry and you are in the wrong position, you won't never be able to minister as effectively as you would if you're in the right position. And it happens all the time. You could be up in the office being an administrative assistant when really you were called to be a minister. So all day long in the office, you preach to the staff because it's really what you were called to do. And you get so frustrated every day because you're actually in the wrong place. That's why I said it's a process. And you may go from there to being, to studying to be a minister. You may end up saying, okay, I'm going to start taking some Bible classes. Or you may start teaching Sunday school. You might start teaching discipleship classes. Anything. Start there. But you got to begin somewhere. Start being a good steward over the money that God gives you, whether it be $20 or whether it be $200,000. Be a good steward over that. Can he trust you with the money that you have when you're asking him to give you a multimillion-dollar business? when he can't trust you to keep giving $5 on a consistent basis. We've got to take responsibility for that. So I want you to really study all of those character traits. Study all of those things to build your ministry, to build your business, and to build your financial empire. Because I believe that it's not a coincidence that any of us are on this line today. There are many of you who are searching, and this, and this is a prophetic word, by the way. There are many of you who are searching, Lord, why this is not happening in my life? Why is this happening for her and not for me? Did you make the same sacrifice she did? Were you on your face praying and fasting and seeking the Lord to get to that place of ministry because anointing will cost you something? Did you stay up hours and hours and hours like Tracy has 
to be the owner of Behind the Dollar, to do a radio show, to be able to host the Playbook, Playbook Project. It wasn't easy. She, it wasn't a cakewalk. She didn't just start yesterday. In addition to working her job. And she merged right on into where God wants to take her, to her destined place. So you got to work yourself out of a job. And then we've got to be responsible and accountable and develop and be in the right posture in all of those areas. And I promise you that God will bless each and every one. Just give them back to him. And he'll breathe on it. I hope this has blessed you tonight. Thank you all so much for listening. I appreciate you. And if it's okay with Tracy, I don't know if she wants to do the questions first or not, but I really want to pray for everybody. But I could pray afterwards if need be. But however you want to do it, Tracy, but the floor is open to you right now. Well, I've always been taught that you go by the Spirit. So if you feel like prayer is appropriate right now, I'm with you. So go right ahead. Okay. Father, we thank you tonight. We thank you for the Playbook Project. We thank you because we are learning, we are growing, we are building, we are empowering. We are getting all we can gain from you so that we will be in right position so that we can do what you need us to do in the earth realm. Father, we ask that you would bless us, increase us in knowledge, increase us in integrity and character, increase us by your grace in everything that we touch. Because, Lord, we want to grow in our business. We want to grow in ministry, and we want to do right by our money. So, Father, help us to educate ourselves. Help us to read. Help us to be mentored. Help us to grow and learn. Help us to put our pride down and be humble enough to be able to even learn from those who are younger than us because there will be someone who knows more than us. And, Father, help us to position ourselves to be the people that you've called us to be. Father, we ask that you would continue to bless Tracy, continue to give her vision, continue to give her creative ideas. And, Lord, we ask that even every hearer of this word tonight, let them not just be a hearer but a doer. Let them take the word and put it into action. Let them take the principles and work them and walk them out. Let them take the principles and share them and mentor someone else. So, Father, we say thank you for your faithfulness. We say thank you for this project. We say thank you for the weeks that are to come. And we ask that you would bless every speaker that is even coming. Bless them with a divine word that we may grow thereby, that we might learn and we can put into practice so we can become the destined people that you have called us to be. And we ask this in Jesus' name, and we thank you now, and we call it done 
and we decree and declare it is done. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And the last thing that I just want to say, remember at the beginning I said that every season has a purpose and every purpose has a season. What your prayer should be in this time since you have heard and you know you want to be in prayer, you want to be in the right position, ask God to allow you to put the purpose at the right time in the right place so that you will be in your destined place at the right time. I'll say that again. You want God to allow you to have purpose and time meet so that you will be in your destined place. And when you're in your destined place, you will have the right time, you will have the right people, you will have the right places, and you'll have the right things to get the job done. God bless you. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.